The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Many of Jesus' disciples who were listening said, The saying is hard. Who can accept it? Since Jesus knew that his disciples were murmuring about this, he said to them, Does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life, while the flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirits and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning the ones who would not believe and the ones who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you, that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my Father. As a result of this, Many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Jesus then said to the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Ah, Praise the Lord. A lot has happened since we've been together last week. Just to update everybody before we dive into these amazing readings for this Sunday. So as many of you know, the hall in Portola is an evacuation center. They've since expanded it. They've opened up three evacuation centers in Portola now. Uh, our neighbor Baptist Church, which used to house the staff of the Red Cross, they've now since been moved to Reno to make room for more evacuees. And also the Veterans Hall in Portola as well. So Portola, Veterans Hall, the Baptist Church, and us, we're now all evacuee sites. And it's been, uh, it's been a hectic couple days at the parish there. And uh, the, many of the folks from Chester were able to go back, so many of the Chester folks have moved to begin that process of assessing well, well, what they're going to do, but many of them have moved out. They were there for a couple days. And so that's there. And so it's still ongoing there. They, they've moved in... Uh, Portable showers and bathrooms. I think they're trying to, they're anticipating a lot more people. In fact, the second collection today is going 100% to the fire relief efforts. So again, the second collection today, as I mentioned last weekend, so all of the money again will go. Since many of us know personally people who have lost their homes, that's the criteria. And so to help kind of fine tune it, the second collection will go towards people who have lost their homes. And we have a committee set up to vet to the best of our ability, the request that will come in as well. So remember, second collections for that. Boy, it was, uh, it was amazing. Do you guys remember the blackout we had? Uh, you, were, you, were out, you had no power here either, right? The whole, the whole valley. 
But it was late Monday evening, and the, the Red Cross can be, Father, we need generators. We need generators because we have evacuees that need medical equipment powered. And so we had to scramble to find generators. I, I sent out a message to parishioners, and amazingly, you guys always respond. You guys are amazing. Always respond. And generators showed up. In fact, uh, the Joy family, of course, lent us a huge, massive generator. So should power go out again? And so, in fact, there, it was uh, it's owned by the Cushman Power Solutions Company. They're out of Vegas. And so Rick Joy was able to get us that power generator. We can power all of Portola now, should it happen. <laughs> We're going to have a rave. I think we'll have lights and machines. And we'll have to power that thing. We have a huge party in the hall now. So we got a great uh, generator. They donated for an entire month. So a massive generator for that. It's, it's expensive to do that. And so we got that for a month. Should, again, get crazier. And so, again, thank you for all you've given. There's a parish in Nevada, California, in the Bay Area. They've kind of uh, adopted us as a parish. And I've been getting tons of checks from a parish in Nevada. They're just sending us money. So, again, uh, it's our duty, as our Lord said, to be generous with those who are in need. Remember Matthew 25. Whatever you do to the least of my people, you've done unto me. And so, again, that's the root of Christian charity, is that our Lord wants us to be wildly generous. And so many of you responded to that. So second collection is for them. Let's get into these readings. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love the second reading today. I love the reason why I love it so much. In fact... This is, if, if you ever get married by me, by the way, if you're, if, if, if you're a couple and you're planning your mass, I will always try to push you, politely, to choose this reading from Paul to the Ephesians, the second reading at mass. I love it. Because I know for any marriage, I know there'll be, the whole spectrum of humanity will always come to a marriage. It'll be your practicing Catholics, your non-practicing, your Protestants, your people who have never even heard of Jesus before. So it's the whole spectrum of people. And this reading today from Paul, it irritates people. <laughs> on first reading, on first reading, it irritates people. Because they always get caught up in one line in here. And then all of a sudden their brain shut off and they can't, they can't go of this one line. And, I, and that's why I love it, because it's an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. And you know what that line is. <laughs> Wives. Your husband's here probably elbowing your wife sitting next to you, huh? Wives, be subordinate to your husbands in all things. See, that line, we're here to get caught up on that line. And my brothers get excited. See, I told you, but you're probably saying to your wife. Be subordinate to your husbands in all things. Ah, but keep reading. Keep reading. Because what is immediately the next line that follows that? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Men, how are you called to love your spouses? Look at the crucifix. You are called to lay down your life for her. How does Christ love the church? Look what our Lord just did here. Our Lord allowed himself to be tortured in the most radical way that the Roman Empire could ever devise. He allowed himself to be spit upon, to be beaten, 
to be stripped naked in all, in all, in all of his, his body was shown to the, to the masses. He was stripped and beaten down, ridiculed. How are you called to love your spouses, my brothers? You are called to love your spouse like that. Oh, so it is not easy, this reading. Christ now who lays down his life for his beloved. Men, this is how we are called to love. Forget that machismo. That idea that to, to, be, to, be, to love is to have things and, and multitudes of, of women. Forget that attitude that the world gives us. That's garbage. Utter garbage. Oh, how are we are called to love? Oh, listen to the words today. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church who handed himself over for her to sanctify her. Love. Look at the gospel today. Our Lord concludes the powerful mystery of the Eucharist. We touched upon it briefly last Sunday. Why do we, from the very beginning, utterly insist on the reality of the power of the Eucharist? That Jesus Christ is fully present. By the way, there is no greater gift in the entire universe than right here. Right here. And I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not trying to be dramatic here. There was no greater gift Christ left his church than right here. Nothing else is greater than what happens at every single Mass. Christ himself now be teaches in the Gospel. Let's return there now. This reading, he says that, that I am the bread of life. I have come down from heaven. For my, life, for my food is... My body's true food, my blood is true drink. Remember the crowd that he's speaking to, it began four Sundays ago. Remember that beautiful reading of, with the feeding of the 5,000? This is the same crowd that he's talking to. Same crowd. And then he's leading them in John 6 all the way to his final culmination, where he fed them with the loaves and fish. And then the next day, if you recall, they're in the city of Capernaum. And they go to Jesus, Jesus, we want more food again. Give us another miraculous feeding. And the Lord says, all right, you want food? Well, this, if I give you regular food, you're just going to be hungry again. So now let me intensify your desire. For my flesh I will give you. Why is it fitting that the Holy Eucharist is not merely symbolic, nor is it simply a metaphor? It cannot be. Because to love, as we all know, to love is to give of yourself in total completeness. Holding nothing back. Nothing. And our Lord is trying to undo what we heard last Sunday. We recall from last Sunday's homily. Our Lord is trying to answer the lie. Because what is the lie that we all believe? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, remember. The serpent, who was the most cunning of all the animals the Lord created, goes to Eve. And the evil one plants an idea in our minds, which never existed before. Never existed. He plants an idea. Did God really say that? 
not to eat of the fruit of this tree. And then remember what Eve said. Oh, Lord, oh God said I can eat anything. I just can't touch this particular fruit. Because if I eat this, I will die. That was Eve's response. And the devil says, that's not true. You will not die. And from that moment on, what happened? What planted within the human heart was that God is a liar. God is a liar. God is in direct competition with you. That God is holding back. And so from that moment on, all of a sudden, no longer did we see God as somebody to love. Rather, now His ways and His laws and His desire for our lives became suspect. So now imagine, God is staring at all of humanity. And He's saying to them, Oh no, my beautiful creatures, they all believe that I'm a liar. How do I convince them that I am not a liar? How do I convince them to choose me? Do you see God's problem here? It's a massive problem. It's like herding cats, as we say. How does God get billions of people to love him? Who believes now that he's a liar? Do you see God's problem? Love, in order for it to exist, as we know, requires a free choice. See, that's one of the gifts that God gave us as well. The ability to choose. Because again, without the option of to choose and to have free will, it's not love. By the way, if, I, if you ever marry me, in fact, we got a couple of weddings coming up in the next couple of months. The Rousons, you know, Michael Rousen, the Rousons. Nick, Blackstock, they're getting married. So I was doing the paperwork with them. And after part of, part of the format, the protocol of when you get married in the church is that I'm supposed to separate the, the, the two. I separate you. And we go to a separate room. And I will look at you in the eye. And I will ask you, are you entering into this marriage free from any pressure or fear? See, what I'm doing here is that I'm trying to give them an opportunity Because as we all know, it can't be a shotgun wedding. So I always tell them, now's your time to run. I open up a window. Jump out the window if you want to jump out the window. Run. I'll, 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 I'll tell them that you're at the grocery store. Never come back. But it's an opportunity for them to say freely, Father, yes, I enter into this marriage freely. I choose him. I choose her. Because for love and for marriage to exist, it must be free. And our Lord now must convince you and me to choose him. How? Again, my brothers, think back. And I've touched about this a couple times over the years. But it's a beautiful thing. Think back when you were dating your now wife. What did you do? Remember your first date? You got dressed well, didn't you? I hope you did. Right. You bought her flowers, maybe. 
I hope not on the first date, though. Don't, don't, don't buy the woman flowers yet. Don't come on too strong in the beginning. Right? You got to be cool. You got to be easy. You got to be smooth. You don't want to you wanna come out too strong right away. You scare her away. So you got to be smooth. Maybe the third or fourth day you buy, you go all out. But the hopes of what are you trying to do? You're trying to convince her to choose you. And then in that beautiful gesture, and we all know this, when the relationship finally comes to the point where it needs to take it to the next level, what does the man do? By the way, this gesture only occurs in Western civilization. This gesture, when a man asks that pivotal question to his beloved, comes out of a Catholic culture, by the way. The gesture of what? When a man poses that question, what does he do? He gets down on his knee. That comes from a, a vibrant Catholic culture, where other people realize that they're not who are even Catholic. They're saying if they kneel down, they're genuflecting. Because what a man is saying, notice this now, men, God made us strong. He built us bigger, faster. He gave us testosterone. Why? We are built to fight, by the way. Men, that's our, 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 our duty, is to defend and to battle. So God, that's why God made us the way he did. Notice with all of your strength, that gesture, which points to the other aspect of love. Because for love to exist, we must be humble. And when a man proposes to his beloved, with all of his strength and all of his power, he kneels before the woman. And through his gesture, he says, all that I have is at your service. That is the gesture and its meaning. I will take my power and my ability and I lay it before you. You see, every act of love, notice this, not only in romantic relationships, but even in family relationships. Even in friendship relationships, when we grow close and we bond with one another, you know what we've just done? We've given the other person our hearts. We entrust our hearts to people. You know that? We do that. We say in all of our relationships, even parishioner relationships, we say, here is my heart. I'm vulnerable to you now. See, this is why people, it's all of the people that we love, who, who we cherish, who actually hurt us the most. Let's keep that in mind. We belong to one another. And all of our relationships, we have each other's hearts. A precious gift of vulnerability. You have my heart, by the way. Do you know that? All of you, you have my heart. And I have yours. Because every act of love must be vulnerable, humble. And so our Lord now says to them, to woo us, he says that I will give you my whole self in the Holy Eucharist. And look how the people respond. This is too much for us. 
and many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. See, what they just did here was that they said, Jesus, you're a liar. You're lying to us. The Eucharist is not what it is. Your laws are too much. So they behaved in the same way Eve did in Genesis chapter 3. And then Peter comes in and saves the day. Oh, Peter, for all your faults, he comes through in the end. He turns to Simon Peter, it says, and he says to them, do you also want to leave? Look what Peter says. Lord, where am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe. This is what Peter just said here. He said, Jesus, you are not a liar. I don't understand completely this thing, but I believe you. And from this moment on now, our Lord will give himself so utterly completely to them, make himself vulnerable at every single Mass. But, and this is why I love, I love my Catholic faith. And, I, and there's nowhere else I will go, no matter where. Because the Lord has promised us. He said that unless you eat of my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. My words are spirit and life. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's black and white, isn't it? And this is why Jeremiah in that first reading says, oh, powerfully, same, same thing. The vast majority of the people have left God's commandments. And he says to them, Joshua, powerfully, in their first reading today, he says, everybody else has left the Lord, but you know what? Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will choose him as hard as it is. Because as we all know, to enter into a loving relationship, and we all know this, those who are married, those in family life, family life is one of the hardest things to do. Because to love is to make ourselves vulnerable, and to love is to put the other before our very selves. And that is painful. So be it. So be it. Our Lord promises us, if we believe his words, that there's nothing greater than this. And so as I come to the end, Jesus, we believe you. Jesus, you have our hearts. Jesus, we choose you. And we believe in the Holy Eucharist. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.